rolling. What's happening, y'all? Andy and Zach broadcasting from Andy's kitchen. <laughs> the kitchen table. <laughs> on this, a beautiful Valentine's Day Eve. Oh, that's right. Hey, don't forget. Get your flowers, get your card. Oh, you got your flowers. No card, but there are flowers. Okay. Well, I mean, she and I picked them out together. Lovely. Yeah. Those are so, uh, orange roses? Orange and pinkish purple. The light, this light fixture kind of skews the light, but yeah, these are orangish, kind of a pinkish oranges, and those are like a purpley pink. You got my Kroger, too. You don't say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that orange color. Yeah. That was a really nice one. We wanted, there's a, a, a bouquet, bouquet, a dozen like yellow, like a really bright yellow. They were really pretty, and the, the woman that was standing next to us in line got to them first. Mm. So, What is Valentine's Day, if not a celebration of love and commitment to one another? And what is a cause for celebration for episode 100, if not a celebration of our commitment to one another? Way to tie it in. Our, <laughs> our love for one another and for training. Yeah. Oh, look at all that. Yeah, bro. That's cu super cute, as Megan would say. <laughs> yep, episode 100. Here we are. That's at a minimum. Just in, in episode time alone, like 100 hours. It's like four straight days. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and not to mention, like, the editing and just the hanging out and shooting the shit before. It's like 200 hours. Uh, it, yeah, at least. Yeah. At least. Yeah, so if anybody out there has proof that you've actually listened to all 100 episodes, we'll send you a free kettlebell. I think that'd be Tracy. And I bet she has plenty of kettlebells. See, that's the ironic thing, is because if you're nerdy enough to listen, you probably already have more stuff, equipment, than you need. That's true. Oh, and I told you about my ski erg. Speaking of new equipment. Speaking of new stuff, Ski Erg. Uh, ski Erg I, is up and running in the I gym. love a Ski Erg. You know, when I rented um, time at Mike Krajewski's gym mm -hmm. back around that 2018, 2019 time frame, that was always the most fun thing that I would have my client do to finish up was a little Ski Erg. You know what I love about it, too, is it's such a... It's so low impact. Yeah. So, like, you can't... It's hard to, like, biff it. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so far, everybody's really enjoyed it. So Yeah. Got it all situated in the gym. I think, I think I've got it figured out, like, kind of where it's going to live. So, yeah, it's good. You can really get a wild uh, tricep and lat pump from that thing. You can. Um, I'm still working on, like, like, uh, like anything. I, the rower that I have, I know like what a hard, fast interval distance and time should sound like or look like, feel like. The skier, I don't have any sort of like um, perspective. Uh, perspective on like what 100 meters feels like or how fast it should be or right. anything like that. So I'm still learning as far as, as coaching, but um, yeah, it was good. Trained a bunch of folks today on it, so that was cool. Yeah, well, that's kind of one of the f fun things about ergs is that there's really not much, not a whole lot of coaching to be done. You just kind of let loose. I mean, obviously, there's techniques for being more efficient on your rower, especially. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that's kind of besides the point. Right. I think cut them loose. Yeah, that's sort of the beauty of the skier is just grab the handles and go. Yeah, I I watched a Instagram reel actually from a really great coach down in uh, Murfreesboro who had like a a 45-second ski erg tutorial. All very much just like common sense stuff. And I specifically looked it up and watched it because I was like, what could you possibly say? (laughs) What possible techniques am I missing out on on the ski erg that he could teach me? But there's a few little tips and tricks, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's just about it's just about going for it. Yeah, just grabbing it. And unless, again, in his context, it was like for competition, CrossFit-ish type stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, unless you're, you're comparing your numbers to someone else for some arbitrary reason, you just let loose. Get that heart rate up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was doing 20 seconds for my own workout, finisher, 20 seconds on, 40 seconds off. Mm. And that actually wasn't so bad. So... I'll uh, I'll tweak the dose a little bit and kind of see. I think thirty thirty would probably be would probably punch me in the jaw a little bit more. So, episode one hundred, and you know this being a bit of a landmark episode, I think it would be it would be appropriate to kind of like chat about an overarching theme, a principle that we abide by, which is dedication to the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. A commitment to the basics is really the not-so-secret secret to success. And consistent. I think there's some decent parallels between this podcast. There's a lot of parallels between what we're going to talk about and like outside of training. Uh, so we were talking about the, the importance of not falling into the trap of always wanting so much novelty or letting FOMO creep into your programming or to Mm. your workouts or to the scrolling of social media trying to find the new fancy thing Mm -hmm. and all of that can kind of muddy the waters in terms of your focus on what matters. I have, a, I have a really good example of, of this that I saw today, actually. I don't know if, I don't think you follow this individual, so I can send it to you later. But this trainer, coach, mm, trainee. Is that a question? Trainer, I, I question think, mark? I think she does coach, but I'm not 100% sure. She was doing a dumbbell walking lunge. I thought it was interesting because it wasn't just a dumbbell walking lunge. What her coach was doing was he was putting, I shit you not, I feel like I'm making this up and I didn't make this up. I'm like, I want to do this now as a coach. Putting his foot on her back (laughs) and kicking her forward so that she had to like, and, and what she did is she would like bring one knee up, like the working leg, bring it up. He would kick her and she would lunge forward and have to slow the lunge and then she would come up again he'd kick her as a kick put his foot on her back and shove her so that she had to like decelerate the lunge and i thought it was the funniest thing i was like man i just want to get like into the gym tomorrow start kicking my clients in their butt (laughs) all right little lady come here come join the conversation in the kitchen so but um 
But anyway, that, I was so going back to what we were talking about about like com- overly complex. Now this individual, she is very fit, so she's fit and probably can handle a ton of training stress. But when you see stuff like that, it, I mean, it kind of looks cool. I thought it looked silly because the coach was literally kicking her in the back. But I thought it, it looks neat. You and I both know that, like... If I saw you, if I walked into your gym and saw saw your foot on a client's back... Yep. ...in pretty much any context... Right. I would say, Andy, you're, right? you're messing up. Right? I, come on. So... But the the overall theme being, you know, like, I, I understand wanting to, to make training more interesting. I, I get it. And at the same time, like, there's a risk. The more complex, the more complexity you add to an exercise, there's always going to be a trade-off. There's always going to be, you know, is this a... Um, um, is this exercise actually making the individual better or is it just tiring them out physically right. and mentally? Right. The more complexity is usually just, if, if it does look hard and feel hard, it's because you're like learning something new. Like how someone's foot feels on your back shoving you forward, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we were making this comparison of, you know, training to language. So there's only... 26 letters in the alphabet right a to z and we're not making up any new letters mm-hmm. at the end of the day you can tell pretty much any story the greatest story ever told doesn't require probably any more than the same three to four hundred words that everyone else uses right Right, and the, I think English, the, the, the dictionary and dictionary, has like 600,000 words, which is big for a language, but America being a melting pot has, has drawn a lot of influence from a lot of different languages. 600,000 words. Do you think in your day-to-day life you need to know 600,000 words? Definitely not. Right. I, I would honestly be surprised if my own vocabulary in the day-to-day was any greater than thousand words sure yeah i think i've read or seen somewhere that you can yeah that the vast majority of like written english language like you know 80 percent of it is the same probably around like maybe a thousand words i want to say probably even less but i don't i can't quite recall the the number but the point is is that Whoa. The point is, is are you going to make up a word that describes, let's say, the color orange better than the word orange? Right. Like, what are we talking about here? That's an that's a bouquet of orange roses. Right. You, how else are you gonna Fuchsia, I, maybe? Uh, I think maybe maybe oh. Fuchsia's more pink. We'll ask Megan. She knows color. Yeah. yeah, we'll ask Megan. But yeah, so dedicate yourself to the yeah. fundamentals. Express yourself with the fundamentals. Right. Forget the BS. Right. Yeah. A to Z. Yeah. No BS. No BS. I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. Well, and, and so I was thinking about this today too. I think my own training, my own strength, my own fitness and physique... Yeah 
has gotten better over the years, and I've actually pared down my playbook quite a bit. Mm. You know, there's there's the joke by uh, the comedian's name is on the tip of my tongue, but uh, he has a joke that you know all Mexican food is the same. Oh, uh, the same. Four ingredients in different combinations. Yeah, I, I think about that every time I go to a Mexican restaurant. I know who you're talking about. Beans, cheese, tortilla, what's, chicken. What's in an enchilada? <laughs> Beans, rice, chicken. <laughs> what's a tostada or something? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. And I, I think probably any good chef or cook would agree that some of the best meals are you know no more than five great quality ingredients you know including your your garlic your olive oil Mm -hmm. your you know fish or other protein source uh you know good pasta good rice salt and pepper it's like what else you know what else do you really need my favorite steak right now, the way my favorite way of cooking steak is literally salt, pepper, olive oil, reverse sear. That's it. And just and let the meat do the talking. And I think there's something to be said for that too. Let the meat do the talking. Let the meat do the talking. I like that. You know? I think that's maybe another good uh good saying, a good cue that we could yell at each other in the gym. I think let the meat, let the meat do the talking. <laughs> there's probably other environments that they <laughs> Plenty of other environments that that could be said, but and that's probably going to be the title of this podcast is Let the Meat Do the Talking. But but you get what I'm trying to... And I think a lot of people do. And I was thinking... Again, going back to like thinking about this conversation we're having today when I was at the park or this email that I wanted to send to my clients. Think of... One of our favorite pizza places here in town is what? Uh, Five Points Pizza, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes... A good old-fashioned pepperoni pizza is all you need. That's mm-hmm. it. You don't need, you know, a bunch of stuff on top and some flavorings or this or that or cauliflower crust or whatever. Just let the simple ingredients do the talking, you know? Yeah. And it's the same with training. It, it's just because it's simple doesn't mean that it can't be challenging and that it can't um, benefit you greatly. It doesn't need more complexity. It just needs, in, in the training world, it just needs effort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in let the meat do the talking, substitute meat for work mm-hmm. or just quality of movement, quality controlled movement. If you're doing anything with high effort, high work output, quality controlled movement in a safe environment, you, you can't lose for winning. You know, you're, right. you're stacking, so. Girl, you are wow. talkative today. She's, she's like, let me do the talking. <laughs> yeah, and it's the same thing, you know, that we hear in, you know, in my case, like in jujitsu, like fundamentals, fundamentals, like make sure you get, you know, if anybody gets stuck or is like, well, why does this not work or what's the secret here? The instructor always brings it down to like, you missed this fundamental. You skipped over some, some easy thing right. that you need to you know commit to. And 
uh, again, with it being Valentine's Day coming up, the secret to a great relationship. I don't exactly know that I have any authority to speak on there, but... I mean, I don't think I do, but... But I think uh, the basics of communication probably checks a lot of boxes. Right. Yeah. Doing the simple things consistently. Doing the simple things consistently. Communicating, sleeping. Yeah. Eating well. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know... I guess just because of social media and because people don't know any better, but fitness, fitness for sure is the one place where people want to skip the fundamentals and like do the flashy, crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, the sushi example is a good one because, you know, you may have seen the movie Hero Dreams of Sushi, which is about like the best sushi chef in the world. And, you know, if you're going to, intern under him you you stir the rice for like 10 years before he ever lets you like touch a piece of fish whoa you know stuff like that yeah and again like sushi by its very nature is only three to five ingredients Mm -hmm. right you got your seaweed rice your fish maybe a vegetable or a fruit and that's that's about it that's pretty much it but it's how you how you Put in the work mm-hmm. with each of those fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You know, you start, uh, you know, you start Frankensteining your sushi, and you basically come out with like, you know, pizza rolls or hot pockets, and yeah. you know, that's that, that's that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, language is the same way. You don't start learning a foreign language by like. I mean, I suppose now the, these days you can start learning a foreign language, but. When I was learning a foreign language in school, you learn with fundamentals, like basic words, basic word structure, verb conjugations. Like you don't get to just skip over that stuff. Right. Because if you don't have a fundamental understanding of, if you don't have a fundamental understanding of the English language, you can't read complex books. If you understand words and sentence structure, then you can read more complex stuff, but you have to start there first. You gotta learn your alphabet. Yeah. Well. Get on your A disease. That's it. I mean, who's reading complex books anymore? I mean, I'd like to, but I haven't found the time to do it. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that because fitness is such a visual medium, mm. and because it's become like a cultural pillar, and it's become a thing that people can use to literally and metaphorically flex on the internet it becomes you know you know it kind of becomes just like a a one-upmanship pissing match at a certain point where what do i got to do to get more likes what do i got to do to get more attention well i got to do something different and i got to catch people's eye and it just becomes a never-ending cycle of just trying to buy up people's attention. So it really it really has morphed into entertainment mm-hmm. more than more than anything else. So I think the it, it would I think it would almost be a more appropriate comparison to like look at how like the movie industry has gone from like I don't know, this may or may not be a good example. 
but how the movie industry has gone from the Godfather to Transformers 3. Transformers 9000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or uh, Fast and Furious 10. Right. So it's like we, the fundamentals of storytelling, great actors, uh, a compelling plot, depth of character, mm-hmm. good writing, great directing. Forget all of that, and let's just let's just slap the rock in front of a giant exploding building, or whatever the gross, case may be. Yeah, and gross millions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a freaking superhero movie every other week. Yeah, and it. Not, not that I'm throwing shade. Uh, superhero movies can be great, but at the end of the day, it's like we're just, we're just getting pumped with CGI mm. and special effects um, with very little plot the development s- of any kind. The story doesn't do the talking. That's that's right. That to, that's gets you with all that CGI and explosions because they have a, a poorly developed plot line. It's all spice. Yeah. It's all spice because because they're going for people's attention. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, does anybody have the patience to sit down and watch The Godfather in 2023? Oh, I don't know. I mean, not with the baby. I'll admit that. Not with the baby, I don't. <laughs> well, I can. I'm going to have to watch it in like four parts. <laughs> well, the obviously that was a rhetorical question. I know. I'm just saying. But yeah, at the end of the day, back in the 70s, you had not, You had no distractions. You know, you had your job, family, friends. You know, obviously, whatever. But when you went to the movies, you didn't have a cell phone in your pocket, mm-hmm. and you didn't have a million other things like competing for your for your attention. So that's um, yeah, it's just another example of I don't want to say lost arts, but we just have to kind of accept a little bit of the not so fun truth that a lot of a lot of things are kind of becoming tainted in a way due to this like cheap dopamine centered way that we're kind of being trained to live our daily life. Mhm. Well, and, and this plays out in real time. This wasn't, I mentioned off air, this wasn't a client of mine, but a friend of mine who has a, a client. And there's a number of exercises that she doesn't want to do. She doesn't like this, or she doesn't like exercise A, and she doesn't like exercise B, and she doesn't want to do C, and she doesn't want to get on the floor. And like, there's some exercises that some of my clients don't like or are, or are compromising in one way or another. Like they've got a bad back or bad shoulder. So there are things that we do to work around those, but straight up refusing or like wanting to be like entertained after a while, I got nothing. There's not an infinite playbook of, I mean, there's not an infinite playbook of exercises. I could come up with some derivative shit and try to entertain you, but I'm probably just stealing your money at that time by that because you're not getting any better at anything. Right. Like if I'm right. if I'm making up exercises on the spot, like you're not, you're not probably burning calories, not building muscle. You're not getting stronger. You're probably you know you might be sweating a little bit and entertained, but that's not what I do. That's not what you do. If you want to be entertained and do fitness stuff, there's stuff out there that you can do. But 
don't don't show up to a weight room and be wanting to like juggle kettlebells or whatever. It's not what we, it's not what we do. <laughs> right. And after a while, if you start if you refuse or or decline or would rather do something else, that's that's all fine and good. But do understand that there is a limitation to the playbook of exercises. So you're gonna you're gonna have to bite the bullet and do it, and you're gonna have to do the work. Yeah. That's the other part is the work part because I do have a client that doesn't want to work. I'm like mm. well. You don't get, you don't get it for free. It's not free. And I hate in fitness. I hate that like dues paid. I hate it. It's so <laughs> stupid. Sure. But at the same time, you don't. Hey, it's okay. I'm not. I'm not frustrated. You don't get it for free. There's no get, free lunch. There's no free lunch. If you want to be stronger, bigger, leaner, faster, whatever. You got to work and you got to work really hard because if you, if you're looking for the easy way out, you're never going to get it. You can have the easy way or you can, you can do the hard way. And only one of those ways leads to like real success. I'll let you choose which one you think it is. Right. You know, this is funny. The whole no free lunch idea and seeing these roses here reminds me of a funny thing that happened years ago. Um, I think I was walking in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, um, with a lady friend at the time, and you may have seen where, uh, like, homeless folks will have roses and they'll, they'll they'll sell you roses, that kind of thing. Well, me and my lady friend are walking by, and of course, you know, the, the scheme is, Come on, bro, doesn't your lady deserve a nice rose and blah, blah, blah. And he'll like hand it to her and then basically like make you pay. So we're just like walking, walking, walking. So he hands the rose to the girl. The girl just takes it and we like keep walking. I was like, (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? She was like, what are you talking about? He just gave me a rose. I said, no, no, no. He did not just give you a rose. And of course he comes, he comes running down the street. He's like, he's like, hey, give me a dollar. Give me a dollar. What are you talking about? And I, I was like, give him the rose back. What are you doing? Yeah. She was like, oh, I thought it was just a free flower. No. And I was like, my lady, there is no such thing as a free free lunch, free yeah. rose. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Nothing's free. Nothing's, nothing's free. So, yeah, I always, I always think about that example of like, don't be, don't be fooled. Don't be scammed. Because the the guy is running you down sooner or later. Yeah. When again, going back to like the effort thing, like, I don't know why fitness doesn't, it doesn't like cross the same radar for a lot of people. But like, if you want to be great in your profession, you got to put in the work and you got to put in the years, right? Nobody like walks in day one to their first job and gets promoted to like, a Any, partner, yeah, you know, so like, or like you play guitar, you don't just pick up a guitar unless you're like some like child prodigy. You don't pick up a guitar to start ripping like Slash. It just doesn't happen. Slash didn't wasn't Slash until I don't know the eighties. How old was that guy? Well, I mean, to be fair, Slash was a great player at a relatively young age, but he didn't skip steps. Right, especially, and again, that's another good point. Going back, 
you know, back then, people would, you know, musicians would buy records and just play to them and right. just learn them. So there's, there's really cool, it, it's always really cool to hear someone like Eddie Van Halen mm -hmm. talk about like how he learned to play guitar was just playing the same Led Zeppelin records a billion times at 15 years old so that by the time you're 18, not only have you mastered Led Zeppelin, but you've also developed your own thing. Right. And uh, that's, that's actually a good example because <clears throat> I actually just watched a video where Eddie Van Halen was talking about, uh, you know, he's famous for like the two-hand tapping technique. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a little bit of controversy on whether he invented it. Of course, he didn't, but obviously he, he popularized it. And he goes, listen, I, I didn't invent it, but I discovered it on my own. And he goes, I'll tell you exactly how I did it. He goes, I was listening to a Jimmy Page solo, which, which was the guitar player for Led Zeppelin, and he was doing this, this, this lick that sounded like this, but I didn't know he was playing it like this, so I played it like that, and then I switched my hands around, and I did this, and that was tapping. Yeah. And then that became eruption. Right. But he only got to that point by playing that same Led Zeppelin song a billion times. Right. So yeah, the, the basic gist of this conversation being you can't skip steps, you can't gloss over fundamentals, and you're never going to be great at guitar by playing violin or sure. piano. I mean, there's, there, it's related, but if you're jumping around from this to that and that to this and back again, you're probably just going to be all right at a handful of things, but you're never going to be great. And in fitness, you don't have to seek greatness. But if you want to be pretty good, you got to stick it out. Get the reps. Put in the work. It's yeah. like everything else in life. Fitness doesn't get a pass because it looks cool on Instagram. It's the same fundamental shit, just in a different arena. Love it, dude. Sticking I... that A to Z. Look, and the no BS... The no BS is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. So you've got the entire alphabet, but don't, don't screw around with it. Don't, well, don't try to get too fancy. You know what? This podcast works because we aren't fancy. We show up every Monday, right. or most every, barring like travel or whatever, show up every Monday. We have, a, we have a laptop, a couple of microphones, a baby, a couple of beers and some water, and just press the button, play, I don't know, press the button. Now you probably there's some work that Andy's, goes on. You can tell Andy has never pressed the button. I've never pressed the button. I've never <laughs> I've never introed us either after a hundred episodes, which is fine. It's your thing. That's I don't right. want to do it. it. But I'm just saying, like, there's a rhythm. There's a way that we do things, and yeah. it works. Like the whole thing comes together, and the lack of it being this big ordeal makes it easy to show up and be consistent. Right. And that's the point. How is, do you get good at podcasting? Do a hundred episodes. Right. Well, I was, telling, I was telling some of my clients today that today was number 100. And I was like, I don't know if you knew this, but most podcasts die before around seven episodes. Mm -hmm. We did 100. It's an insane amount. Yeah. So. Man, that's, that's really funny. Uh, one of my clients, she actually just came out with a new perfume line, which is really taking off. And she's actually flying out to L.A., 
here in a little bit to do a podcast. And I don't think she's ever really done one before. And she was like, oh, like I need to, I need to practice. Like, what am I going to do? You know, a little bit nervous, but she's a professional. She, you know, sure. she knows her stuff. So they're, they're great hosts. It's a great show. So it's going to be fine. But I kind of wanted to say like, man, if you, if you want to get, if you want to get good at a podcast, you should, you should do a couple dozen episodes just for the heck of it. Yeah. Just for practice. Yeah. You know? Practicing in public is kind of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Practicing in public, I think, is how we got to be good coaches. Right. Because, you know, some stuff you have to learn in the field under supervision or, you know, just, again, in the trenches. There's really no practicing coaching. I mean, you're kind of either doing it or you're just reading about it. Right. Just reading about it goes only so far. Right. I always think about that, too, because, like, the context of the environment is so important for coaching. Like, that's part of the reason why, as much as I enjoy going to, like, NSCA events and, like, listening to these speakers talk about how they coach their athletes, it's really cool. And then I have to remember... Oh, I don't coach collegiate athletes in a, you know, $5 million weight room. I coach regular folks. In a $5 million weight room. And I wish. In a not that much money weight room. Not even kind of close. We're talking about tens of thousands of dollars weight room. <laughs> Still pretty good. <laughs> Barely tens of thousands. Still pretty fancy if you ask me. So... Yeah, I mean, as cool as all that is, and it's fun to learn and, and like get the get the gears turning. You have to understand your environment is a little bit different, but you can't do that unless you like put in the reps, put in the work. Yeah. Right, little lady. Whoop. This is good, right yeah. here. This is good, dude. Love it. Um. So yeah. Don't skip steps. Never. Let the meat do the talk. Believe that. Well, with that, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up on. Okay. Let us not um, belabor the point. Belabor the point. Oh, finishing each other's sandwiches. <laughs> this has been the A to Z No BS Show, episode 100. Thank you so much for listening. Here's to the next 100. Wishing you all the best in your life, your training, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>